0: What's up, everybody? It's Cynthia Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Hope you guys are having an amazing day. I'm so excited to just be talking with you, and I want to thank you so much for listening. You guys have no idea how much it means to me. Uh, the podcast has grown tremendously in the last month, so especially if you're a new listener, thank you. Thanks for being here. I hope you're finding the content valuable, and I want to let you know that I don't <laughs> I don't try to present myself as like this expert podcaster I'm learning. I'm growing. The podcast has only been around since uh, May of 2021, so we're new to this. We're learning. We're growing all the time. And if you have any feedback of any kind for me, I welcome it with open arms. Uh, we, I mean, we vet everything. You know, some feedback we get is more helpful than others, but I, I just, I always appreciate people who are willing uh, to, yeah, to share their thoughts with me. And, uh, and give me some useful constructive criticism, suggestions, recommendations, encouragement helps a lot too. Um, so that would just, uh, that would mean the world to me. And if you have really benefited from our content, one thing you can do in return is just a small favor to ask is to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, on Spotify, Overcast, whatever it is that you use to listen. That just lets other people like you know, hey, this content is good, it's actually valuable, and it could help you in your journey to complete freedom. Today, we are talking about a really important uh, concept, and that is what I like to call Big Al. Now, you might be wondering, who is Big Al? What is Big Al? And if you give me just a couple of moments, you're gonna find out exactly what it is. I don't know if you watched The Social Dilemma, but I did, back when it was kind of, you know, uh, it it, it sort of peaked during the pandemic, didn't it? They, They released it at the right time. And it was a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating watch. Just to, uh, I guess, understand the, the essence of social media, what it's really all about, what their goals are, the, the goals of the social media company, and some of the decisions that they've made over the years. And, you know, the arguments, of course, whether or not those decisions were for our benefit or not. And it, it was, I, I think the documentary was well done. I thought it was really informing um, or informative, rather, and you know, a, a little bit provocative. Like, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, like, this is what's happening when I, when I engage with social media. I don't know if this is something I want to have in my life. And the interesting thing is, like, social media usage hasn't really gone down since that movie came out. It, it, it's so fascinating to me. It, it sort of speaks actually into why, when you, when you tell somebody about how terrible porn is, for their brain, for their body. Uh, when you talk about the dire conditions that a lot of these porn stars are in during the recording and the production of these videos, uh, when you talk about all the human trafficking that you're supporting when you watch pornography, you, you would think, like, logically, that people would say, oh my gosh, that's awful, I'm not gonna watch porn anymore. But watching porn is a right-brained decision, often. It, it is not a rational decision, it is made emotionally, and because it is made emotionally, logical arguments don't really do the trick. They, they can be useful for a certain period of time. They're generally not that useful long-term. And I, I think the dynamic would just be the same. Uh, all of that is to say, like people have watched this documentary, they're aware of the harmful effects. I think some people maybe stopped using their devices as much for a period of time, but are probably back to normal now. Because again, the way we engage with our devices is much more emotional And the emotional parts of our brain are very compelling. A lot of the research shows that um, how we communicate in relationships, how we buy, um, how we make decisions day to day, the habits, the routines, or lack thereof, a lot of these things are actually emotional decisions. And we would be wise then to understand our emotional brains and how we can uh, regulate them as effectively as possible so that we're harnessing that part of our brains, but then secondly, um, if there's anything we can do to prevent them from you know hijacking our lives and us getting caught into these addictions to social media and whatever else. Now, I, I titled this episode Beware of Big Al because I personally believe that Big Al is the cause of a majority of the detriments of social media. You know, the, the statistics show that we are probably the most disconnected people on the planet. Now, I, again, I, <laughs> there's no research that would actually make that claim. That's Sathya's own claim based on some of the research he's read, which is just showing that the rates of isolation, the feelings of loneliness, th- those are at all time highs. And so I kind of equate that with disconnection. People might argue with me on that. But you know, you know what I mean. Our, our connections and relationships are not necessarily getting stronger, despite all these technological developments that allow us to connect in ways that we couldn't have even dreamt of 20 years ago. But the, the connection piece is only one part of it. I mean, rates of anxiety are sky high, especially in Gen Z right now, and there's really no end in sight. And, and a lot of that is at least influenced or, or caused, depending on who you talk to, by social media. And it's really interesting because actually, it's not social media that causes these. You know, it's not Facebook or or, or Instagram per se. That is the front-facing brand. But it is actually the back end that is so dangerous. And that back end is what I like to call Big Al. Now, programmers and developers call it the algorithm. I've just, you know, cutely named it Big Al. But we need to all beware of Big Al because the the way the algorithms work is they are constantly trying to get you to click. They're trying to get you to watch, to stay, to engage on their platform. And they will do whatever they can to do so. And when I say they, I mean he. And when I say he, I mean Big Flippin' Al. That's what the algorithm does. All All they're trying to do is trying to keep you hooked on their platform. And if you're not going to stay long, then they want you to come back again soon. So that is their goal, period. And as we've learned and as we've seen, a lot of these big tech companies are basically willing to fulfill that goal at any price, any cost to humanity. They would rather do a little bit of cleanup after than be more preventative and ask, okay, is this actually going to help somebody or hurt them? And that, that was sort of my main takeaways from uh, The Social Dilemma. Now, this is a podcast about primarily overcoming porn addiction. And where this comes into play is, honestly, it's multifactorial. I wish we could talk about all of them today. But just a few things off the top of my head. Number one, the social media algorithm is, is going to pay attention to what, how long you stay on a photo. It's going to pay attention to the profiles you follow, the images that you like. So just think about that. If you have an attractive friend who posts pictures of herself or himself on Instagram, and you might scroll through Instagram, you pause every once in a while, but when their pictures come up, you pause just a little bit longer. Okay, nothing crazy. Just a little bit longer. Big Al knows. Big Al sees what you do. It sounds so like ominous and sinister, like like uh, the big bad guy watch, watching your shoulder. Big, big Al's not judging you, right? It's not, it's not that kind of thing. But Big Al just makes a note. Okay, yeah, yeah, he watched a little bit longer. He likes this kind of content. And that's gonna affect the kind of content that you see in your newsfeed. It's gonna affect the kind of content that you see in the advertisements. So if you start to get exhausted or you're like, I'm so sick of these ads, you know, why do they always send me these ads? It's probably because of the material that you've been watching on your newsfeed. Big Al is sneaky like that, so you must beware of Big Al. Uh, the second thing is that porn companies are not stupid. There is a reason that they make more revenue than Major League Baseball, the NFL, and I believe it is the NHL combined. Okay, some, some people guess they're a they're $100 billion industry. Now, we don't actually know because a lot of these companies are privatized, so I would definitely take that stat loosely, but the point is they make bank, they know what they're doing. And they play into these algorithms all the time. The social media algorithms, they play into the Google algorithms, they play into any, any algorithm they can find that is sort of the top end of their funnel that will eventually draw you to click onto some racy content and get you onto a porn website watching their videos. And believe me, probably the, the first innovators of the algorithm were the people creating these porn websites. Where they're just paying attention to what do people watch, what do people like, what are they searching, right? And then they're making sure that your experience on their website is customized and tailored based on your preferences and based on the things that the masses are driving their attention to. So be very aware. It's it's interesting. You know, thank God there's organizations now that are doing a, a lot to shut down these porn companies but also to you know, save women out of human trafficking and sex trafficking, um, to protect children from child abuse and sexual, sexual abuse, and um, it, there's a lot of, of good activity happening in that, in that space, and it, it's about time. Like, we, we really need it. But it's, it's interesting because if you start to listen to some of these stories of you know, 14-year-old girls who were who getting sold by their, by their parents, getting sold by their parents to their friends, to have for the night, have for the night, quote unquote. You find out that a lot of these people who have these experiences are actually groomed on online, social media or elsewhere. Now, I realize I'm not talking to 14-year-old girls. A majority of you listening are grown men. Maybe you have a daughter who's a 14-year-old girl. That would be something to think about and something to be aware of. But the reason I mention it is because that, that's just one demographic and this is how they target them. But if you think that's the only demographic that's being targeted online for these kind of sinister behaviors, you can think again, trust me, you are being targeted. They, they want you to be in their funnels. They want you to be in their system, on their radar. And even if they just get you on the outer edge, they will just pull you in little by little by little by little. And when I say they, I mean he. And when I say he, I mean Big Al. So you have to beware the algorithm now there are things you can do you can go into incognito mode if you're a, a chrome user i'm sure there's um equivalents for you know firefox internet explorer safari whatever it might be and that's where of course they're not tracking your cookies um they're not they're just not able to really gain as much information on you but the danger of course in those modes is there's also no browser history and as we know when you are addicted to porn clearing browser history can often be part of um, the experience—it certainly was for me. I always cleared my browser history afterwards. I could not risk being found out, you know, just in any way, shape, or form. And um, incognito mode just is conducive to that. So I don't think that's the solution. I—I th- I think the actual solution here, guys, to to kind of land this plane, is to really get specific about what it is that you need to engage with social media in a healthy way. So I'm going to put myself on the altar because. I am relearning this all over again I uh, I actually woke up when I was uh, probably about 22 years old I woke up one day and I realized that social media was where a lot of my porn usage started so it was honestly the strangest thing but I woke up and I knew in my heart of hearts social media is at the front end of this now again I had I had a lot of heart healing I had trauma to recover from um, some identity issues like I I had a lot of other things I needed to take care of as well. But this was the beginning of me starting to regulate my social media usage. So I just decided I will not have social media on my phones. And, um, and social media has not been a regular part of my app profile since then. Okay? I was 22, so that was 2012. Long, long time ago. I also decided to install an extension on my browser that would limit how much social media I can engage in. Now, it's really interesting. Up until about three months ago, that was more or less my practice now i would download apps onto my phone and i would use them for whatever it might be maybe to make some posts or whatever and then i would delete them and then i would re-download them the next day or whenever i needed to do it again but i've never really enjoyed social media and this year one of the things god talked to me about is about reaching more people and being a bit more systematic in how deep clean is going to grow and the people that i found that i trusted the most that were having the most success that were coaching people like me were doing organic social media marketing. And I just I winced. I, I wanted a different option. I kind of wish I could have found a different option, but it was very clear to me this was the best option for me to move forward. And so I'm doing social media marketing now, and that means I'm posting on online every day. It means I'm, you know, responding to messages and comments. And you know, I'm just I'm an active social media user in a way that I basically have never been. And it's been really interesting just to see how my brain responds, um, how much I love the dopamine hits that I get from going on social media and checking notifications. And that's not new. I mean, again, I've had social media profiles for the last 12, 13 years or whatever it's been. But I'm just engaging with it on a much more deep level, I suppose you could say. And it's, um, it's, just, it, it's really making me realize how addictive this stuff can be and how it can start to mess with your psychology a little bit. So I want to give you a few practical things that, that you could think about if you want to avoid the detriments of Big Al, Alfred, if you will. Um, number one is I would, I would really limit your social media usage. If you don't need it for business, if it's purely uh, just for personal use, get it off your devices. Get it off your devices um, and just, just use it on your laptop or your desktop as you need it. Uh, second thing Unfollow, unfriend anybody who causes comparison, toxicity, or temptation. So just get them out of your life, get them out of your newsfeed. Okay? And the third thing is get some accountability. So making these adjustments is really hard alone. And admittedly, that's what I've been doing. Like I've been I've been aware of like, okay, well, I'm 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 going to social media a little bit more than I normally do. Because I'm just, it's a regular part of my life now. So I, I have to engage with it differently. Um, but I need, I need some accountability. You know, I, I need somebody to just say, hey, how, how are you doing with the social media stuff? Uh, do you need any help? Because if I don't, then I'm, I'm doing this alone and I'm violating like principle number one, which is if you want to make radical changes in your life, get a community, right? Like plug in. And I'll add, I'll add one last thing as a bonus, which is that. Um, you know, it, it, it would be useful for you to decide what does social media offer you? Like, when you think about why you love social media or why you spend, you know, 45 minutes or an hour a day on it or whatever it might be. Why? What does it really offer you? What could you do at that time instead? You know, what, what do you get back if you give it up? I, I would love to hear some of those answers. I think that'd be pretty fascinating. But, um, but all of this is to say, guys, is we, um, we are not going to live in a world void of algorithms probably ever again. And so you and I have to kind of do our part to just learn how we're going to handle the algorithm so that it is serving us and we are not serving it. Because once we're serving it, it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope. It's, um, it's a bit of a fall from there. So I think that's everything for today. I wanna to encourage you guys, uh, take some action on this, okay? Don't, don't just listen, uh, be a doer, figure out how you can apply this to your life and uh, build a healthy relationship with social media. You will be so glad you did. And, um, and I, know, I know for me, one of the other things I'm doing, just to let you a little bit further into my life, is I'm, I'm learning the system here for how to do some social media marketing because I am going to hire somebody to do it for me. In fact, I have somebody starting on my team uh, next week, they're gonna start taking over the responsibilities for it a little bit and we're gonna start running it, but he's, um, he's gonna ultimately be doing it for me. So again, there's, there's always different ways to make it work. Everybody's got their own thing, um, but you need to do what's gonna be helpful for you, what's gonna be healthy for you and what's ultimately gonna further you into the calling that God's placed on your life. Don't, uh, don't settle for anything less. Much love to you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.